At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Second hour of a numbers game here on Visa and the Sports Spending Network. Wes Reynolds is going to join us momentarily. We have a lot to discuss when it comes to the memorial. Wes, of course, fantastic breakdown in Point Spread Weekly. Speaking of which, it's Wednesday, which means Point Spread Weekly is out today. So make sure you check that out. We got our eyes on the early edition. Looks absolutely fantastic. So we'll talk about the uh, upcoming memorial tournament with Wes Reynolds in a minute. Uh, let's update this very quickly. For those who weren't with us in the first hour and who haven't seen the news of the day, News of the day in the NBA is the fact that Brad Stevens is no longer the head coach of the Boston Celtics. Brad Stevens moving on to a front office role with the Boston Celtics. He will now be in charge of finding his replacement at this point right now. Uh, Danny Ainge, of course, moves on. We'll see where he finally ends up. Uh, But immediately, right, we get this news, and now we get candidates. One of the candidates that I had mentioned they should probably look at, Kenny Atkinson, former Brooklyn Nets head coach, did a really good job with player development there, now an assistant on the Los Angeles Clippers staff. Well, the two that have been named, according to Chris Haynes, who does a great job, Los Angeles Lakers assistant coach Jason Kidd and former Atlanta Hawks coach Lloyd Pierce are expected to be head coaching candidates for the Boston Celtics. That's according to Chris Haynes over at Yahoo Sports. Always good to replace the insanely successful head coach with two guys who were fired and teams immediately made positive, positive turns once those guys were no longer there. And I will be the first to say, when Lloyd Pierce got fired, I thought he got a raw deal. It's clearly that is not the case because Nate McMillan has done an awesome job with this team. Since Lloyd Pierce has been let go, there were some personal things there, too. So Jason Kidd and Lloyd Pierce now moving on. Wes Reynolds is at the desk. And, uh, Wes, you get your thoughts. The former Hoosier, 
Brad Stevens, right? Woj had a report, I don't know if you saw this about 15 minutes ago, that apparently Stevens had kind of gotten burnt out on coaching ever since the bubble in Orlando. We thought he was going to be a Hoosier. Uh, but in the end, and then I, sh- I said former Hoosier. You're the former Hoosier, not Brad Stevens. There was a lot of people who thought he would be one day a former Hoosier as he took the job, but it looks like he just didn't want to coach anymore. Yeah, so maybe there's a reason he turned down that Indiana right. job, right? And that reported $10 million is the fact that maybe he wants to take a break from coaching. Look, Brad Stevens is only 44 years old, so he's got plenty of time if he wants to coach again in the NBA or whether he wants to go to college in his later years in life. But he has a business background, so he is absolutely qualified, I think, to be the president of basketball operations. And uh, Grouse Beck and the ownership in Boston clearly felt that there needed to be a fresh voice. And I think Stevens will bring a, a perspective to that. And also, when you're an NBA coach, even though he's kind of used to the lifestyle right now, it's a totally different thing than being a college coach. Because being a college coach is... 365 days a year, not necessarily coaching and developing players, but it's recruiting. Recruiting is a year round process now, especially with the transfer portal. And you've also got to do a lot of the glad handing type of stuff in the mm-hmm. summer. You got to appear at the alumni golf outing, you know, kiss babies, shake hands. Absolutely. And, uh, that's a totally different lifestyle in the NBA because when it's summertime, unless you're doing some kind of international basketball obligation, you don't have players in town. Because they go all around the world or they're involved in international basketball or they go do their own development and their own thing in the summer. So it's not like it's once after the draft, it's kind of a dead time, even though the franchise and the organization still operates you know, you're not really coaching. So you do get summers off a lot right. in, the, in the NBA. So that's why maybe these NBA guys, I don't think necessarily want to run back to college because it's like, well, I get some time off after this long season we have. But, you know, Boston clearly making a move. And you kind of felt like something was in the works with Boston, didn't you? I don't think that this was just something that was like, okay, we got beat by the Nets in the series, so now we're done. I mean, we're going to go ahead and do this. Right. I think that this has been in the works for a while. So... Look, I think Brad Stevens has some good pieces there with Boston. They still have Tatum. They'll have Jalen Brown. They've got a good young core with this team, so they're not really that far off. So good move, I think, at least on the surface. Now, it depends on who the coach is going to be, at least from some of the initial rumors with where I saw the report from Chris Haynes at Yahoo with Jason Kidd. It's like, is he ready to be the head coach of the Boston Celtics? Uh, Lloyd Pierce maybe gets a a little parachute here and a landing spot after he got shown the door in Atlanta. But I think these are just the preliminary guys. I think they have a list uh, to go down. So I I don't think that this is a bad move for Boston at all. I think it's a great move for them, and I think it's a great move for Brad. Yep, I would completely agree. And uh, it will be interesting to see his touch on this roster, right, in terms of helping construct it and what they're going to do moving forward. You know, the case was made, too, as you watched that game yesterday between the Celtics and the Nets. Realistically, the only guy that was on that floor yesterday in that starting five that was going to be a part of this team in the future is Jason Tatum. We know Mm -hmm. that Brown is injured and everything, but there are going to be some changes here for the Boston Celtics, and this is the first of many that we're going to see in this offseason. It's a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Gil Alexander, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, iHeartRadio, all the spots which you can take in this wonderful program and all of your favorite programs here on the Sports Betting Network. Wes Reynolds is alongside. All right, Wes, let's switch gears. We've been talking NBA for a good chunk on this show. Uh, We've brought you in to pick that brain on many things. Let's talk a little association if you got something. But we want to start at the Memorial. First off, I was reading your piece. Uh, Did you have 
The winner last weekend, 55 to 1, huh? I did, myself yeah. and Matt Humans. We've been having good fortune when we match up because we don't really see each other's plays until we submit these Great before lines. the point spread weekly deadline. And Matt was on Jason Kokrak and he got it done over Jordan Spieth. Those guys kind of leaked a little bit of oil yeah. on Sunday in Fort Worth, but nobody really could come and get them. So it was pretty much a two-guy tournament throughout the Sunday final round. But Kokrak gets there now a second win on the season because he won in the wraparound season right here at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas for the CJ Cup. So now a two-time winner, at least this season on the PGA Tour, not in the field this week, but big field here at the Memorial. Really kind of the last, I guess, if you want to call it, warm-up event before the U.S. Open in a couple weeks. They're going to have the one-off Palmetto Championship down in South Carolina really not a lot of top players I know Dustin Johnson is is scheduled to play in the event because he is from the state of South Carolina and was born there but kind of a weaker field next week so this is a really strong field at the top of the board you've got 11 of the top 15 in the OWGR that's the official world golf rankings so really a lot of guys at the top to choose from this week if you want to go that route do so you see the headline from points for weekly Ian Nicholas specialist in handicapping the memorial walk us through um Muirfield first off real quick when you look at the just the course itself and what you can expect from that perspective it is a jack nicholas design of course jack nicholas is the host of this tournament ohio state grad from columbus ohio this course is actually in dublin ohio about 20 miles north of the city of columbus and jack designed this back in the mid-70s is kind of like his own like little personal homage i guess to augusta national if you will and with all jack nicholas designs the quote unquote second shot golf course mm -hmm. is what this is it really puts a premium on good approach play now this is going to measure out as long as it's ever been because they've added length to a couple of these holes uh, moved the tee boxes back on some of the par fives also on the par four first so 7543 yards if you were watching this event last summer when john rom won the memorial when he and the lead groups were on the back nine, they were already starting on working on tearing this course up. So as they're playing the back nine, you're seeing the front nine get tore up. It's almost like a, a, a carpet job in your home or <laughs> yeah. something. That's basically what it was. And they've replaced uh, a lot of the green complexes, same surface, and, but fresh new bent grass, changed some of the, of the fairways, some contour changes on the greens. So it's going to play a little bit different, but I think the design principle is basically the same jack nicholas basically said i want everybody to use and, and have the challenge where you got to use every club in the bag so i want to keep the rough and i want to have the greens be firm which you're seeing a lot of that eliminated and that's why you're getting so many bomb and gougers on on these courses and he wants to put a premium i think on hitting fairways and also hitting greens and obviously scrambling and putting well so the course is going to play i think a little bit different but at least the general concept is the same so usually and the same concept applies for the most part but my process uh, looking through some of these guys in terms of their true strokes gained at these courses you know i like to look at that over more rounds played larger sample mm -hmm. sizes uh, and some of the What's interesting to me is what sticks out when you look at some of the guys who have had statistical success on a course like this are, are names that are, you know, not really popular. Like Stuart Sink was at the near the top of the list, a plus 1.56, over 62 rounds played. Uh, you look at a guy like Matt Kuchar who was on that list, a really strong true strokes game at a course like this. Uh, guys like Ricky Fowler are on that list as well. I think Ricky Fowler's like a plus 1.66. And we're talking about some mid-range shots too in terms of like a Fowler in the range of like a 55 to 1. So who were some of the golfers? How important is, of course, history? You can get 
like a guy like Fowler at 75 to one who put together a pretty good performance about a week ago. Yeah. And, uh, and I did not play him this week and I may regret that. That's obviously an option still left for in play. But if you look, you've seen some really great players win here over the last 10 years, the Tiger Woods, Matt mm-hmm. Kuchar, as you mentioned, Matsuyama, former winner here, DeChambeau, Cantlay, John Rahm, of course, last year, who I was fortunate enough to be on at 22 to one. No thanks this week at half the price, though. I was going to say, right? He's just not right there in his peak form. Now, I am kind of liking him for the U.S. Open because he went well at Torrey Pines earlier this year, but he's just not in that great shape. But the other tournament that was played, a one-off deal, the Workday Championship was Colin Marikawa. Now, that Muirfield played very differently the week before. It was a lot shorter of a course, and that's why you see that score was at 19 under. But Colin Marikawa, if you're kind of like a, a real slave to the stats here in terms of recent stats, was the guy that was at the top of the board this week. Because if you look on strokes gain approach over the course of the last 24 rounds, it's basically like the last three months, 43.7 strokes gained on approach. That is 10 more than anybody in this field. Charlie Hoffman, who I did play this week, was second on that list. And then strokes gained Cheetah Green, Marikawa, 55.1 over the last 24 rounds. Hoffman was second at 44.6. Jordan Spieth right behind at 44. So Marikawa stood out as a stat, darling. I thought the price was a little short. You, because you have so many top 10 players and top 15 players here, everybody's kind of in that same range, whether it's Rom, whether it's Shambo, whether it's Rory McIlroy or some of the former winners here like Morikawa, like Patrick Cantlay, like Justin Thomas. So everybody was kind of in that range this week. Yeah, you talk, you look at just, and this is via Circa, right? Morikawa, Thomas, McIlroy, DeChambeau, Hovland, Shoffley, Cantlay, all at 19 to 1. They got a whole bunch of other guys sitting at like 29 to 1, including Connors. You got Finau in that group, Fitzpatrick, Reed. Uh, so, like you mentioned, a glut of guys that are hovering around 19, you know, 20 to 30 to 1 mm-hmm. in this range. So, let's talk about this as we look at this overall. And, you know, you, you threw up the stat darlings there. One of the names that stuck out to me that has been on multiple things that has popped up has been a guy like Stuart Sink. What is the, uh, what is the capabilities of a long shot like a Sink or just long shots in general in a field like this? Well, I think they're certainly capable. And you haven't seen it like in the last couple years, but if you go back to the mid 2010s, William McGirt, 200 to one, won this right. thing. And then There's David McGirt, Lingmurth huh? before him, 250 to one. Heck, even uh, Matsuyama was a big price when he won this 66 to one. DeShambo was 55 to one. You've kind of seen a little bit closer to the closer to I, I guess form in terms of the odds board Rom was 22 last year Patrick Cantlay a couple years ago was 18 to 1 Tiger when he won was 16 to 1 so you can get long shots that win here I basically kind of started the staking plan for the week in terms of kind of maybe the second level below those guys in the teens and the guy I ended up starting out with actually was Tony Finau at 29 to 1 and I think uh, some people are kind of starting to like him for the US Open as well even though he's been top 10 Tony and not winning trophies, Tony, because he played so well at Torrey Pines earlier this year. He was actually the 36-hole leader last year in the Memorial, but finished a disappointing eighth, just kind of went off the grid a little bit on the weekend, which, he, of course, he did last week, too. He probably should have been top five at Colonial, but when you lose about three and three-quarter strokes putting on your Sunday round, you're going to plummet down the leaderboard, and that's what he did, but he was second in the field for Tia Green, so you know at least that part of the game should stay true at least from week to week and the putting you can just say okay bad day at the office so those approach shots are going to have some value on a course like this so i'd assume that uh, guys who are 
not performing well in that area are uh, guys you want to stay away from and or play against in some of these matchups. Yeah. Who would yeah. fall under that umbrella? Without a doubt. Uh, so you definitely, I think, want to look at the approaches. You want to look at how guys do strokes gained, I guess, par fours to 450 to 500 yards, like six of the par fours on this course measure that out. So this this is a big this is a bigger boy course now at 7,500 plus yards. I don't think the length is going to overwhelm the players, mm-hmm. but guys are going to have to figure it out a little bit because they really haven't seen this except if they're playing practice rounds this week. So it's a little bit of a new layout. I don't think you're going to see much of a change kind of in the score, and it's probably going to be the low to mid-teens that's going to win this thing on Sunday. All right, so we want to give everything away up at Portsford Weekly, the analysis and the selections. Uh, give, us a, give us a couple of the guys. You mentioned Tony Finau that are on your list. Uh, Corey Connors there as well. Mm-hmm. Some of the guys that you have uh, in your Portsford Weekly article in, in your pocket here. Yeah, and I did go with the guy whose form doesn't really jump off the page, and he's had a couple top tens here in his career, never really contended, but... The original bad guy on the PGA Tour. I know Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka are kind of <laughs> feuding and beefing, trying to stake their claim to that. But the original black hat would be one Patrick Reed. And I got him at 38 to 1. And when you look at Reed, he never really jumps out on the stats. But in big guy tournaments, he seems to, like, make every putt or seems to scramble as you-know-what off. And that's really, I think, the best part of his game. He's never really tops in approach. He's never really tops in strokes he ain't off the tee or tee to green. But he can find ways to put it together. And then another guy with recent form, I mentioned how Marikawa was at the top on mm-hmm. approach and tee to green over the last 24 rounds. The guy right behind him is Charlie Offman, the former UNLV Rebel. Shot the low round on Sunday, five under par at the Colonial to finish tied for third last weekend. Best finish he's ever had at the Memorial was right here last year at seven. So Charlie Hoffman, he's another guy like Connors. You just can't ignore some of those recent numbers. And then one guy whose game is kind of coming back into form, went off the grid last year because he had some various injuries, including a hip injury, was Gary Woodland. Yep. If you remember, he won the U.S. Open two years ago at Pebble Beach. 61-1 to this week. Three top six finishes here. Uh, lifetime in terms of his career at the Memorial was fifth on this course at the workday, granted different course, but he's a guy, I think the game is really starting to come back to him and he might be just peaking at the right time at a decent price. There you go. Wes's uh, Memorial plays right there. And uh, also long shots is up as well. What's on long shots this week. Yeah, we have Will Gray from NBC sports uh, as part of their uh, betting content group. And he focuses on golf also does some other sports and, you know, Will made some really great points. I think on the long shots program this week, without giving too much away, kind of talked about the fact about the green complexes Mm -hmm. here and the fact that they've changed. That benefits maybe some guys that can be shaky putters, like a Colin Marikawa, like our guy Matsuyama, who can be a little shaky on the greens because these are new contours and new complexes for everybody. So it's not just like, okay, if you look at some of the stats where it's like, okay, strokes gained on bent grass greens, you know, go. These are going to be different and different little nuances that players got to take a round or two to get used to. So that, I think, brings maybe some questionable putters more into play. I like it. All right. Uh, Wes is going to be with us for a couple more minutes here on a numbers game. He was nice enough to come in early. Uh, so let's transition uh, over to a couple of the other things that we have going on. Uh, first off, you know, you and I, we have talked a lot near the end of the regular season, how you're getting uh, much more into the regular season hoops betting. Uh, what's the postseason been like for you in the NBA? It's been okay. Been yeah. pretty solid. Uh, uh, did win the Bucks series, but also got a little greedy and tried to do Bucks and five, Bucks and six. Yeah. And they kind of said bollocks to that and just sent the heat packing right. in four games. But I I have the Hawks. I know you do too in terms of the series and they've got good equity now with uh three to one, but 
I think it's been, it's getting more exciting. I know a lot of people were lamenting the fact, oh, we haven't really had any close games. We haven't really had any buzzer beaters. And then last night's game says, hold our beer with that double overtime game. What a performance by Damian Lillard. And what a statistical anomaly. And I love these little things that you get, whether it's from ESPN stats and info or various uh, things on Twitter. Denver, each of the last two years, has given up 55 points to an opposing player. Donovan Mitchell last year with Utah and then also Dame Lillard last night and they won both games. It's like, how did they win both games? Uh, You know, Malone or Michael or Mike or whatever. He's Mike after you don't foul up. Yeah. yeah, Or whatever Cassidy Hubbard, the VSPN called him that he took exception to in game one. But nevertheless, you know, he was being called into question last night, but Damian Lillard just had had no support. When you go double overtime and you go over the total in regulation, I think it ended up being, what, 147, 140 in mm-hmm. double overtime. And Damian Lillard was the only Blazer above 20 points. Yep. Just got no support. McCollum had a bad game. Uh, got one bucket uh, from yeah. was it the end of the fourth and to, into the two double overtime, the t- double overtime periods. Yeah, that was a and and that's a series I didn't get involved with in terms of a series price because I was leaning Portland. But I know you were starting to like Denver yep. as that price kind of went up as they were getting plus money, plus a dollar ten, plus a dollar fifteen, whatever it closed at. But. The Blazers, you almost feel like, how the hell is Denver up 3-2 in this series? Like, yeah. the Blazers look like the better team, but yet they're one game away from elimination. Yep, they, the, the scoring and the shot-making is absolutely ridiculous that Portland has on their side. So, it wouldn't be surprising to see them win two straight on the back of Damian Lillard and that mm-hmm. shot-making that they have. Uh, but, Nurkic has got to stay out of foul trouble. Like, it's, yeah. it's really that simple. Because when, when they've had him in there... It's been great. I think that he has done a very good job against Jokic yep. if, if he can stay on the floor. And Jokic uh, obviously made some big shots late, kind of uh, proved his more than likely MVP medal when when that finally gets awarded here. you have anything uh, tonight in any of the games that we're going to see? I have not bet anything. I'm just going to kind of hold Pat on the Hawks game. I'm going to look at the yep. card as I go on throughout the day. But look... I think these playoffs have been interesting. I think you have a Lakers team that's now on the brink of elimination last night. They looked awful last night. Mm -hmm. That was like kind of one of those games where it's like, okay, and I don't put it all on LeBron, but it's like, because we've seen it so many times before where it's like, he's going to carry these guys. So he's going to be going to the rim and he's going to be shooting all the time. But we've kind of seen what we've seen all regular season with this offense. It's just not very good defensively they're pretty darn solid even though they weren't so last night because they were blown out but I, I mean maybe we gotta just accept the fact that the Lakers aren't very good uh by the way how happy are the Lakers that Dennis Schroeder turned down his 80 million dollar contract yes. extension for the regular season yes I, I retweeted that tweet I think from stat Muse, yes. which does a lot of these different things and they also have those nice like little cartoon caricatures of all the NBA players so the they pressure have, to draw those by the way I know they, they need to give those guys raises because they do very good job on all the uh, characters in the NBA but yeah, you haven't seen the other guys step up here for the Lakers, and that's why they're on the brink of elimination. And then now all of a sudden, every road team has won in the Dallas Clippers series. I did go ahead and bet the Clippers after game one in the series, and then they lose game two. I'm like, oh, God, I made a terrible bet here. So was patient, though, and now it's a best of three. 
Yep, I'm uh, I am in on the Clippers series bet as well after game one, so I am laying a price there, and ultimately it's a little bit better than it is now, but got away with a little bit of murder there after game one. All right, Wes is going to stick around. Um, pick his brain. I'm going to share. I, th- I feel like he's going to understand this show's hate for John Gantz and what's going on with him as a starting pitcher as he laughs, so maybe he does understand what's going on. Also, as I mentioned, uh, there's one guy out there today that I think has some good uh, underlying numbers that might be worth a look at here, and he is pitching for the New York Mets. We'll talk about that and a couple more things with Wes on the other side. And check out Long Shots, by the way. Wes Reynolds, Brady Cannon do a great job. Beeson.com slash podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The third and final leg of the Triple Crown is this Saturday. And first bet is the perfect place to start your betting action. Sign up now and you will get analysis on wagering on every race with AI-assisted picks, secure payments, attentive customer service, and a reliable website. To celebrate the Belmont Stakes, first bet is giving $20 in free bets for all new users who sign up now through June 5th using the promo code Vegas20. Also, everyone who redeems this $20 free bet offer will receive full access to VEASAN subscription products for free and $20 credit for merchandise in the VEASAN store. It's our best racing offer yet. Go to VEASAN.com slash horses for details. It's VSIN.com slash horses. Use the promo code Vegas20. All right, Wes Reynolds, it's nice enough to give, us, give me five more minutes, uh, but I wanted to keep Wes on for a quick conversation about baseball because uh, Wes and I do share similar thoughts when it comes to evaluating pitchers and, and looking at it from a handicapping perspective. And I assume, since I know that you and I evaluate pitchers uh, very similarly, that John can have to have popped up on your radar uh, in terms of a dude that is, I think, worth uh, looking at uh, for some regression. And yet here we are again. Uh, he gets a immaculate defensive performance from his, uh, from his teammates last night. He has now a 1.6 ERA, but a 1.52 whip. Totally sustainable for John Gant. Going yeah, the, the only reason why I didn't fade him, and I've been trying to do so and not having a lot of success doing it lately, is because the Dodgers were like $2 favorites, and I didn't know how long David Price was going to go. I could right. certainly sponsor those that laid the run line with the Dodgers. Didn't get there. You look at John Gant's numbers. You mentioned the 160 ERA. 505 on the XFIP. Yep. You know, when we get discrepancies, if it's like maybe a half a run, it's not that much of a big deal. Or if it's one run, like let's say you have somebody with an ERA under two and their XFIP's like 275. Well, that's still pretty damn good. But when you're looking at 505. Over three and a half. Yeah, and you're also <laughs> looking at his walks per nine innings, 6.93, 6.04 in terms, or at that 6.04 rather is his walks per nine, 6.93 three strikeouts per nine innings. This guy has pulled a Houdini act all year. Ten starts, four and three. Never really factors into the decision hardly. 50.2 innings and ten starts, but He's been tough to beat. It's yeah. one of the, and there's always those guys every baseball season yep. where you get one or two or three pitchers that you bet against them. The metrics say that they're due for a fade, and somehow, some way, they keep that form for a while. I will always bring it up. I think it was the 2017 Cubs. Like John Lester, the market and the Sharps moved against Lester. I think it was for like, he had a stretch where he had, they won like 13 straight Lester yes. starts, and the market moved against him every single mm -hmm. game mm -hmm. because you knew that there was something coming, and it never it came, and he, but at that point, you were so far in the hole that if you were playing it every time, it didn't matter. And he'd walk the world, but yep. the strand rate where it's kind of like, oh my God, this strand rate's not sustainable, and he sustained it for about four or five months. So one of the guys that is on my list in terms of dudes that have some better underlying numbers that I think are definitely worth looking into uh, is a guy like David Peterson who's going to be on the hill tonight for the New York Mets. Uh, if you look at it from the basic numbers, right, the differential that we look for, 491 on the ERA, expected fielding independent, though, 3.4, so really solid there. And then you look at some of the other numbers, right, because you don't want to just go at that and then bet 
on the guy. You want to see why these numbers are there. And you like a lot of what I think you see for Peterson, right? Strikeouts over 10 guys every nine innings. In terms of his walk rate, it's a little high, just under 3.5, but you balance that out with a high strikeout rate. He's a dude that induces ground balls at an insanely high clip, mm-hmm. a two-to-one ground ball to fly ball ratio. So it keeps the balls down. He's just been insanely unlucky when it comes to these home runs. Home run to fly ball rate of nearly 30%. Like, that's pretty – that's really dramatic. You'd expect right. that to regress at some point. Everything else, it checks the boxes for me for the Mets and for David Peterson. So this is the dude, like, immediately looking at all these pitchers today was the guy that I circled. And sometimes I wonder, even though it's been a few starts since, if you still get that tax in the number when a guy throws a no-hitter mm-hmm. or when a guy throws a perfect game, which Mad Bum did have that shortened seven-inning no-hitter at Atlanta – a few weeks ago, and he's still a favorite here. But the numbers, you know, they weren't the disaster that where he started the season. But if you look, he's four and five, five fifteen ERA, a little bit better on the exit, but not much better at four fifty eight. So, you know, he has not been great here, and yet he's laying a price to a guy that we think would have positive regression, like David Peterson. Yep, and in this sort of exercise too, it does generally it gives you an idea a lot of the time of where you might see the market go for the most part, uh, and the price has shrink a little bit here when you look at it overall. But you're right, Mad Bum is about a dollar fourteen, dollar fifteen. You're getting uh, as high as like plus one oh seven on Peterson and the Metropolitans. And two, the other thing that works in their favor is finally starting to get a little bit healthier. Right, that lineup is starting mm-hmm. to turn things around. And the other, Josh Towers mentioned this, and uh, this is one worth noting. It, Matt Harvey's on the hill, right? Matt Harvey hasn't very pitched very well, and it's a short sample size, but Randy Dobnak has actually have some underlying numbers that aren't terrible, right? A 649 ERA, the ERA, the is actually 368. Yes. Like, it's a massive differential. There. Yes. Something worth looking at potentially as well. All right, Wes, appreciate a couple extra minutes today, buddy. Thank no, you very much. Good to be with you, man. Lombardi line coming up next. What do you got? Yes, uh, myself and Danielle Alvari. We Ooh. have a multitude of guests. Uh, Lou Finicaro going to talk some NHL tonight. And also Steve Mackinnon, yourself, is going to be on oh. the program. And then Josh Applebaum. So a cast of thousands for the Lombardi line coming up here on v That's what I was waiting for. The best guest spot of the day. All right, we'll be back. we got a little bit more to get to before ER. NHL and NBA playoffs are here, and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges. VEASAN hockey expert Andy McNeil tracking all the NHL action, and our senior NBA analyst, that's me, Jonathan Von Tobel, has uh, apparently all the hoops insights, huh? Our experts in the entire VEASAN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs, including odds on it and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now is the time to cash in on the playoffs. Sign up for your 10-day free trial at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. So I wanted to bring up uh, just a couple of other points when it comes to um, this baseball betting stuff and what we're looking at with some of these pitchers personally, like right what I'm looking at in some of these pitchers. You know, painted the picture um, for the uh, New York Mets earlier today, right, with Peterson on the hill, why some of the underlying numbers make you think that Peterson might be somewhat live. You can get a small plus price on him later today. Uh, we talked to Josh Towers in the first hour. By the way, vcin.com slash podcast. You missed part of and- part of our conversation with him or Joe Fortenbaugh or Wes Reynolds, who was just with us. You can listen to it there. Uh, But he mentioned, you know, uh, how do you put it, you know, the fade Matt Harvey spot. 
Minnesota's a dollar thirty-five favorite on the road against the Orioles, who have not been playing very good baseball. But the other side of that equation is a guy like Randy Dobernak has actually been relatively solid over a short sample size, despite the fact that the returns haven't really been there. Right? Not a strikeout guy. Uh, the home runs have been up quite a bit. One point three seven home runs every nine innings, only striking out just under six and a half guys every nine innings. But what you kind of like, there's a couple of things you, you kind of like about it, right? First off, there's that differential, 649 on the ERA, 368 on the expected fielding independent for Dovnak. So there's something there in terms of uh, some positive numbers coming his way. And you look around the board and you see that, okay, well, outside of that, what has been the problem? Like, what are we looking at with him that you kind of like? And much like Peterson, you know, personally, you like guys who induce ground balls, who keep the ball down, the ground ball to fly ball ratio well over two at 2.25. And he too... Kind of like Peterson, just having a little bit of bad luck when it comes to these home runs. These fly balls, anytime a hitter will get underneath one of his balls, it's going to go out of the park for the most part. And it's not 100%, but a home run to fly ball ratio 20% is relatively high, especially for a guy that induces ground balls at the rate that he does. You don't like to see the hard contact that he gives up. There's quite a bit of that. His hard hit rate right now is over 50%. That's insane. But for a guy who's inducing a lot of ground balls, it is somewhat understandable to see a high hard hit rate. But overall, like those are the kind of things I look at in terms of, as I have put it in years past, buying low on guys, right? Looking at guys with a 639 ERA and thinking, hey, you know what? That might be worse, uh, worth a first five play. But having said that, in a spot like this, you're getting taxed to the moon against, you know, the Orioles and Matt Harvey, laying a dollar forty or a little bit over that in the first five, which is generally what I'll do with a lot of these pitchers, is a very, very tough pill to swallow just given that. And the other pitcher that I think is really fascinating, mainly because we saw him make his debut last week, and you wonder how much you're paying here in terms of that outcome because Alec Manoa was absolutely fantastic for Toronto in his first time out last week, right? He, he won the game, didn't give up a run, was absolutely electric in terms of some of his pitch arsenal, right, and getting guys to swing and miss and inducing some of these outs. The changeup was absolutely solid, right? Then uh, there's a lot to like, I think, overall. Did give up quite a few fly balls, but that's always been his MO since you go back to the minors. So I just wonder how, if you look at this from the perspective of the Blue Jays, this lineup, and Manoa, and what we just saw recently, like how much is this price really maybe just slightly too high on a team like the Toronto Blue Jays? Like we're talking about touching 160 right now. And look, we look at a team like the Mariners, we know how poorly that they have pitched up to the, or excuse me, a hit and how bad this lineup is up to this point, right? We're, to, you know, the uh, favorite stat of, uh, what, one of the only teams for a while with a positive run differential in that division and yet still had a losing record because of the lack of offense that this team has. But overall, this pitching staff is real, still really solid, by the way, now the second team in that uh, division in terms of a positive run differential. But you get a guy like Pablo Lopez who is pitching really well, right? You know, we across the board, 63 innings pitched, 271 ERA. The XFIP is 369, so pretty tight there. Uh, less than a run in terms of that differential. And everything else we know about him in terms of inducing ground outs, the hard hit rate being relatively low for a guy like Pablo. So there's a lot of things to like here about the Marlins as well. I'm just really curious, has the market gotten a little too high off of one start from Manoa and the love, the public love, uh, behind a team like the Toronto Blue Jays? I get where the Marlins are at, but uh, – Buck 60 on a guy we've only seen once against a major league lineup seems pretty high uh, in that realm, especially when if you consider on the other side, a guy like Lopez is going to oppose him. Uh, outside of that, though, as you look across the board, we are getting some movement in major league baseball. Uh, some of the notable moves in terms of prices at this point right now, the Chicago Cubs, who are looking to take uh, their third straight from the San Diego Padres. Denilson Lamette will oppose Adbert Alzale. Alzale's been really solid across the board. Uh, one of these, I think at least, uh, really positive surprises for the Chicago Cubs this year. 
We're talking about an opener of minus 115 in favor of Chicago. Now it's high as minus 125 in that range uh, for the Chicago Cubs. And the Padres in that match of total of seven, shaded to the under or seven and a half, heavily shaded to the under. Uh, but you have seven over minus 125, depending on where you look there. Others across the board, we covered some of the other bigger moves at this point, but the Yankees and Tampa Bay, Yankees again, getting some action here in this matchup against the Rays. Uh, McCl- uh, McClanahan versus Jordan Montgomery. Opener was about minus 120 on the overnight, depending on where you shop. Now we're talking about as high as minus 135 in some markets on the New York Yankees. Uh, more consensus-wide, though, about $1.30 to $1.27 on the New York Yankees, who are trying to take their second consecutive game from the Tampa Bay Rays after getting the walk-off yesterday on the uh, arm and the bat of Clint Frazier. Other moves that we should discuss, and not a lot in terms of dramatic moves, but the one that probably sticks out the most outside of this, Antonio Senzatella taking on Jordan Lyles and the Texas Rangers. Rockies at home for this one. The total opened 10.5 shaded to the under, minus 120. We got 11 across the board, and the side going from about a buck 25 in favor of the Colorado Rockies. Now about pick across the board. One spot even has two, I'll put it that way, has Texas as a favorite about minus 115, minus 114, depending on where you look. Market definitely moving in direction uh, of Texas. So Colorado, the initial favorite on the money line overnight, but now you've seen this market flip, and now we're heading in the direction of the Texas Rangers being favored in this matchup here. And the last two on the board, Carlos Martinez, Walker Bueller going to pose one another. Dodgers still 230, 224, so nowhere there in terms of a massive move. And a 20-cent bump, at least to one shop, in favor of Sean Manaya and the Oakland A's. How about that? $1.45 at the open there, and now you're talking about $1.65 in favor of the Oakland Athletics, and that one courtesy uh, right now of the uh, Mirage out here in town. So you've seen that big move, but status quo across the board, consensus across the board, $1.50 in favor of, over, uh, in favor of Oakland over Chris Flexen and the Seattle Mariners in that spot. So pretty short card. Uh, the two that stuck out and the one that, you know, we went to the well with the run line, right, with the Dodgers yesterday, a plus 102, uh, but – Peterson and the Mets would be at the top of the list there in terms of the uh, the baseball card later today. And that's not even later. That's a 12 o'clock start. we got a lot of day games later today in Major League Baseball. All right, wrap up uh, this edition of a numbers game when we come back on the other side. Aaron Renning is going to be with us. You know, I wrote about this for Point Spread Weekly, and uh, I think it's worth noting with ER because he's much better with totals than I am. But in the association up to this point in the postseason, pace is way down. But efficiency is up. We've seen a slight little tick up in the overs, especially if you take out that slow pace series like the Suns and the Lakers. Uh, overs are up so far in the postseason. Efficiency is up. The pace is down. What does it all mean? Well, ER is going to tell us when we come back. We'll get his place on the card tonight as well. It's a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. 
This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. $1 wager on the Knicks or Hawks into $100 with BetMGM. If either team hits a three, just use the bonus code VSIM100 when you sign up for the King of Sportsbooks and get ready for showtime. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details and make sure you use promo code VSIM100. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly if you have a gambling problem. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, Tennessee, caller text the red line, 800-889-9789, Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, promotional offer not available here in 
Nevada. All right, we wrap it up here this Wednesday edition of A Numbers Game. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Gil. He'll be back next week. Let's bring on Aaron Renning, who's nice enough to give us some time. Handicapper, of course, fantastic when it comes to the association. ER, appreciate it, dude. So I wanted to start with something I wrote about for this magazine this week because I thought it stuck out to me. If you look at the numbers across the board, you know, while pace is certainly down by quite a bit when it comes to the postseason, uh, efficiency is up for a lot of these teams. The average offensive efficiency from about 112 in non-garbage time minutes in the regular season to just over 114, and this was going into Tuesday's games. Is there a kind of an explanation for this as we have seen this? Because I kind of likened it to, look, you get 1-8 matchups, you get poorer defenses in the first round. Uh, this might tighten up as we, get for- we go forward, but it's interesting to see the pace shockingly low and yet the efficiency as high as it is. Hey, JVT, thanks for having me. Always happy to be with you. And certainly, uh, I'm one that always keeps uh, a very close eye uh, on league trends and see where they're going and uh, where they are uh, exactly for these playoffs. Uh, I guess a couple uh, things to to look at. You're certainly right. The pace has been down. It's, it is kind of crazy with the efficiency numbers, um, you know, just where the pace is. Uh, with some of these games, you'll be uh, just kind of be watching the the games, and uh, it'll hit halftime, and it'll be a rather high-scoring game, and you expect to be the pace higher than it is, and it certainly is not. Um, you know, I, I think a couple things here. Obviously, you look at a team like the Nets with the big three only played in eight games, 200 minutes. Um, you knew a team like that, uh, the efficiency was – uh, had all the room in the world to go you know, even higher. And that's exactly what we saw uh, their final four games of that series. Um, I, I would say, you know, the fouls and the free throws uh, have been high. They always go up a little bit uh, in the playoffs. That's uh, certainly not uncommon. Um, but, you know, we've seen in, you know, what was it, game four of the Boston-Brooklyn uh those two teams combined for what 80 free throws in that game. Yep. Uh, Denver, Portland uh, has had a lot of free throws. You uh, and I guess that had, I'm not quite sure, but it seems like free throws were maybe down a little bit this year. So that uh, you know the referees whistle a little bit tighter has had something to do with it. Um, and yeah, again, just you know they're uh, kind of go, uh, going hand in hand with Brooklyn where. You know, like the Clippers, you know, Kawhi, Paul George play a lot together. You know, these superstars are playing more minutes, certainly, than you saw in the regular season, obviously more games. So I, I think basically those two things are, are something uh, are things that are pushing it. All right, you are with us, Aaron Renning, and, uh, of course, you can hear him frequently over on My Guys in the Desert here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Uh, let's discuss a couple of the games tonight before we get to some of the big-picture stuff. As you were talking, uh, the, the screen lights up across the board. Clippers are now as high as an eight-point favorite uh, over at the Westgate. Total of 217, 217 and a half. Uh, this series is completely swung on its head. The shooting finally calms down for the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic a little banged up, and we know he's going to play. Uh, so what's the read here? Because my thought was, and I didn't bet this ER, but I thought it was pretty interesting that we had the same opening number as the closing number in game two, right? That opened up six, got to seven before it closed. The Clippers end up losing that game. And now you're back home after those two wins. Luka Doncic clearly not 100%, and yet he had the same number in game two. So I'm not surprised to see the market move in the Clippers' direction. Uh, but how high is too high, and what do you expect in terms of this game and from a scoring perspective? Because this has been one of the slower-paced series that we have seen. Yeah, very well put, uh, JVT. I am 
uh, a little bit surprised to see some eight uh, pops, uh, eights out there in this game, as you mentioned, getting hit uh, right now. But, you know, to me, this is a game that um, I, I think you want to look uh, towards the Mavericks. And it has been, I, I guess, a little bit of an oddity uh, where, you know, basically the winner of the game has covered the spread. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I, you know, I don't think that's just an obvious trend that you look and expect to continue. In fact, if anything, I would expect it to regress. And, you know, a team like the Clippers win the game and not cover. It's going to happen a few of these times uh, in these series. But, you know, Clippers – give them all the credit in the world for kind of changing things up, uh, whether it is going small, et cetera, or just essentially playing better or Dallas playing worse. I mean, it was uh, certainly kind of crazy how well uh, Dallas was able to shoot the first three games of the series, especially the first two, uh, even though the first three games uh, where they combined to shoot over 50% from three point land, you knew uh, that just wasn't going to continue. For me, it was a bet uh, under the total uh, in that last game. And, yeah, the Mavericks were completely awful. Five of 30 all of a sudden from three-point land. Nobody could make a shot. Uh, but with that said, this is a, a team that, uh, again, won the first two games. Uh, very well coached, very smart organization. And, you know, much was made about the Clippers' lack of adjustments, et cetera. Uh, in the first two games. So this just seems uh, certainly, and, and I haven't bet it as well, but boy, it seems it's going to be a little bit hard for me to pass up eight points in this one. Yep, I would agree with that. So that's flashing right now in the last 20 minutes or so. Let's go to the top, Washington and Philly. Obviously, Joel Embiid and his status very much in doubt for today. Looks like he's not going to be out there. Philly six with a total of 229 and a half. Uh, had this happened earlier in the series, ER, Washington, I think, would be very alive to win this thing. Uh, but it is very hard when you have a 3-0 series lead to blow that. Uh, but they did lose the first leg here. So the 76ers got a couple more shots to, to put this thing away if Embiid's not going to be out there. But what's your read here? Was it due to for a team in terms of scoring? Because this all of a sudden, to me, becomes a little bit of a slower-paced game, a little bit more defensive game. And, and I would think that this game, and the market's moving in that direction, would be an underplay on like 230 and a half, 230, and we're seeing the 229 and a half pop up right now. You know, I, I think it's um, argumentive what, you know, Embiid means to the Sixers. Does he need, does he need, uh, does he mean more offensively? Does he mean more uh, defensively? And you're right uh, as far as the pace. And some of that is, you know, who are going to take up the minutes? Is Philadelphia going to go more small, uh, play their guards, or um, are they going to trust uh, more minutes from Dwight Howard? Uh, Scott, etc. So obviously not quite sure of that it's our jobs to handicap that and figure that out. I, I did not do anything with this total. Um, you know, I, I think for Washington uh, again, um, I, I think the Bertans uh, injury certainly hurts them a little bit uh, from a scoring perspective. So if you do like the under, uh, his loss uh, is probably going to help that cause as well. Again, I'm not involved with that side of the equation. I did bet um, Philadelphia here. I, I uh, laid the six points with the Sixers. I think the one thing you have to keep in mind is how much uh, Philadelphia did dominate uh, game two and three. Obviously, they won by 25, and they won the other game by 29 points before 
Um, you know, Washington has been very good as far as not quitting whatsoever. They keep coming and then they keep coming uh, for more. Give them credit uh, as teams that fall down 0-3 generally have not done that well. Uh, you're right, the loss of Embiid certainly had something to do with Washington winning that. But, um, you know, Embiid obviously a loss uh, for this team. I think it does make sense uh, to go ahead um, and sit him and, and look to maybe bring him back uh, game six, game seven. But Philadelphia, to me, still going to be very good defensively. Uh, they have you know ways to get there offensively. I, I just don't think Washington, in the end, is that good. They still match up as far and uh, able to throw uh, different bodies at Beal uh, to slow him down. And we saw... Uh, you know, right now, that's there's not a lot else to worry about uh, as far as Washington being able to score here efficiently. So, uh, I think Philadelphia bounces back. They've been very good at home, as we know over the years. So, I thought the six, uh, considering uh, they're eight and a half, nine point favorite at Washington last game, uh, was a little bit cheap. We got a couple more games left on the board. Uh, I'll let you take the. Uh, I'll let you take the wheel. Do you want to go Washington or excuse me? You want to go Atlanta, New York? You want to go Memphis and Utah? Which one piques your interest more? Uh, well, I'll talk about them a little bit both. I think you know we've talked about New York. Just doesn't they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have the adjustments yep. to make. There's just they've been all out. Uh, they seem a little bit worn down. However, uh, this is obviously the spot. This is a team that's not going to quit whatsoever. Uh, some bad blood between these two teams. If I were to play it, I'd be looking, not sure if they can close the deal, but I think first quarter, first half certainly makes some uh, sense uh, with the Knicks. Uh, I do lean here towards Memphis. I came up with a loser backing them uh, both their last two games. However, uh, I think the best bet right now uh, in this matchup between these two teams uh, is to play it under the total. I still think uh, to a degree uh you know, Memphis is still a little bit more defense than offense. I could say the same thing here about Utah. A little bit surprised um, that we can uh, had some over money this morning uh, in this game, but obviously the highest total between these two. In fact, you go back to game one in this series, uh, the market total 217. So you're talking about a 10-point markup on that. Uh, so I got to go with what I feel is value uh, under the total here tonight. Yep, uh, four consecutive overs will do that to the market. I'll put this all the way up to 226.5. ER, up against it. Thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate it. You bet. Uh, thank you. ER Sports 1 up on Twitter is where you can find running. Uh, that does it for us. Lombardi Line coming up next. Remember, vcin.com slash podcast where you want to go. If you missed out any part of this show and any part of your favorite vcin program, stick around for Lombardi Line. We will be back tomorrow here on a numbers game. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.